Okay, the Travelling Through podcast, me on my bicycle have come to Brompton Cemetery of all places and it's absolutely beautiful. It's a lovely sunny day, blue skies, and I'm here with Nadu Ashen. Um, hello Nadu. Hi Emma, uh, thanks it's, for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you sitting here in a cemetery which is just peaceful, except for a helicopter's now going <laughs> overhead. <laughs> this is the Travelling Through podcast. I'm your host Emma and today we are recording from Brompton Cemetery, a beautiful space in the heart of London. I'm talking to Nadu Ashen, the creator of A Bag Less Ordinary. She talks about working from home, building a business, bringing up her young son and about London, the world and life. I realise that We've known each other since you were nine years old. Such a long time. It is. And yet there's been quite a gap between when I knew you when you were nine years old and now you're a mother. Yeah. You have a small business. (laughs) I do. You have a little boy, Felix, who's how old? He's four. He's He's going to be five in one month's time. My word. Okay, so growing up fast. (laughs) Really fast. And he's in in school today. Yeah, he's just started reception. Okay, so, so luckily, even though we've got another lockdown coming, schools are continuing. Which... Yeah, yeah. So that's the difference with this lockdown for me. He'll still be able to go to school, which is such a relief. Yes, because you have your small business, which is designing bags. Yeah. So designing and being creative, has that always been in your blood from from an early age? Yeah, I think so. I know my mum told me and I've got photos of me around five cutting up paper and sticking things together. Um, I love to make things and draw. Yeah. I wasn't really interested in telly when I was little and I was quite happy like just being on my own and using my imagination. So I think I think yeah, I always enjoy creating things mm-hmm. and I'm um, also my mum was quite creative right. as well. So she loved to do fashion illustrations and find clothes in vintage shops and put mm. outfits together. And I think I found that really inspiring from an early age. Yeah, so you grew up with it as well. Yeah. Saw her eye of things and then saw the way you liked things as yeah, well. Definitely. So, yeah, definitely. I think um, I was encouraged from an early age just to be kind of free with expressing myself. Yes, yes. But and I- so when you were at school, did you take art and design? And Yeah, I did. I took art for GCSE and I really I enjoyed design and technology. What's it called? Design and technology? Mm-hmm. Things, yeah, when you make things out of wood and stuff. I right. really like that. Yeah, I have always enjoyed making things. For sure. Yes, yes. Yeah. And then when did you get more into, into fabrics? Well, I did graphics GCSE and the teacher, she she said, you're really good. You, why don't you try going to do a degree at, um, or a, it was a BTEC festival at London College of Printing where they did lots of graphics courses. And I did that BTEC for a year. Mm-hmm. and But I kept wanting to do fashion stuff. Right. So they, I decided and they thought it would be a good idea as well if I transferred to London College of Fashion. Ah, okay. So, so I did a kind of portfolio course there where you build up your portfolio and then apply for a degree. Right. Okay. Because yeah. <laughs> at one point, I remember that you were into shoes, designing shoes. Was that? I didn't design shoes, but my last job before I started a bag less ordinary was working for a brand, a footwear brand called Esca Shoes. Okay. All right. So I was so. brand manager for them, and I, I mean, I absolutely love shoes as well. Yeah. I wasn't a designer for them, but I would help um, create the collections. Okay. With the like product design and create um, choosing the colours and stuff. Yes. So a bag less ordinary is the name of your your business. How did you come uh, come up with that name? Because it's a great name. <laughs> Thank you. It's really hard coming up with a name, but also something I enjoy. Yes. Um, and I remember like writing lots of different names down, walking around and sort of going through names in my head. 
I wanted something that would stand out, mm-hmm. um, but also represent what I was trying to do. And I mean, I think whenever you start a business, you want it to be different. Yes. Yeah. Or to have a kind of different slant on what's already been done. Yeah. yeah. So for me, I wanted my bags to to be different to what's already out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think by doing the mixing of materials that I do. Yes. And also by making them practical. I think that they have that kind of unique combination. Yes, yes. And also what your business is called is what it is, which is yeah. a bag less ordinary. Definitely. And they are. They're... And also, like, I, I kind of believe in life, try and be a bit less ordinary. Like, yes. try and be kind of whatever that is to you. Yes. But don't just follow. Okay. <laughs> a good. That's a good thing to... to uh, uh, not a motto, but a, yeah. a, a good way to sort of see, see life and um, so. not to be afraid to, to be different. Yeah. Yes. Because I think great things can happen when you're a bit do something a bit different sure so who actually helped you to cultivate your design potential obviously your mum did from at an early yeah. age but then did that did that just come naturally to yourself or did you have people who influenced you or encouraged you in a particular direction I think I mentioned before my tutor when I was doing the graphics GCSE she was incredibly encouraging I will never forget her I think sometimes design tutors can be quite tough. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. they've got a bit of a reputation for being oh, quite mean. Yeah, especially when you get to degree level and right. it's somewhere like the University of the Arts where I did my degree. Um, but she was very, very encouraging and made me feel good about my potential, my work, and really encouraged me to do a creative degree, mm-hmm. which I think often people may not advise because they would think it might be difficult to get a job and yes <laughs> so I felt very encouraged by her and then actually did go on to apply to do the BTEC at London College of Printing but then as I said I changed to fashion yes yeah yes um, and I think from a young age I so from 15 I started working in shops mm-hmm. I, I got a part-time job at body shop and then worked in numerous fashion retail shops right and yeah. I think there were parts of it I didn't enjoy because it's yes. really, really hard work yes. <laughs> for not much acknowledgement. But um, being surrounded by clothes all the time and business really encouraged me and made me think I would quite like to do this. Mm-hmm. Oh, but it's good you saw that early on. So you had an idea of what goes on behind the scenes to understand yeah, the other side than yes. to, to not right, say just creating because creating is actually what's the biggest part really but also you need to be able to market it and and get it out there and definitely and then deal with customers as well that's such a big part of running a business like who's going to buy it how do you treat them you know how do you get them to come back and how far do you go in creating something that you love and creating something that you know a customer will love absolutely and, um, and I think that's what you don't get taught at uni so when I was doing my fashion degree, you're able to be very, very creative mm-hmm. and you're taught skills on how to create things, which is brilliant and you need that, but you're not taught about the commercial side of things. So when you come out, you kind of don't know anything about yeah. how, what, do a, what does a customer really want mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and how are you going to get yes. show the world, you know, what you've designed. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's tough you have to I think the only way you really learn that is by working Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and have your products developed over a time Um, because you've been running your business for November 2017 right so three three years over three years congratulations (laughs) thank you (laughs) have your products developed with I mean, have you had to change what you initially yeah, created? Or? Definitely. I think um, I'm much more clearer now on what my aim is and what I'm doing. Um, 
I started off mixing fabrics, wax canvas mm -hmm. and leather. And I don't really use the wax canvas anymore. And the leather I've swapped for vegan leather. So it's um, like a high quality polyurethane. But I love leather and that's what I was taught to, to, to make with at yeah. university. But it just doesn't feel right anymore. No. I no, don't no. feel comfortable creating leather products from what I've researched about leather. Yes, yeah. Um, so that's definitely a big thing now that I use, I use vegan leather. That's a, a change. Okay. But the, the, the general idea with the bags is the same and they're still colourful using a lot of um, pattern. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay. And the, um, so the Liberty fabric, do you go and buy like a whole length of I do fabrics? buy, I, yeah, I buy, I buy the fabric, Liberty fabrics online and generally the minimum I will buy at a time is a metre. Okay. Yeah. Which for my smaller accessories like glasses cases, which are really popular, I can get many glasses cases out of that metre. Yes. Um, yeah. But no, because I want to be able to select the colours and patterns that are right for the like the collection I'm doing at the time. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. And that that's quite hard, isn't it, when you have patterns when you're cutting the fabric to join up the the pattern so that it doesn't look too yeah. skew whiff or well, it depends what kind of pattern. So with my glasses case here with the William Morris Strawberry Thief print, which is really, really popular. So I do end up with a bit of wastage because I can only cut Mm -hmm. so that I get the birds in centrally like that. Yes, yeah, yeah. So I have oh, to really okay. think about how the print is going to be placed when it's on the glasses case. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. With okay. something like this, this Ankara fabric, this African Ankara fabric, I can cut anywhere, it doesn't matter. Right, yes, because it's more busy, isn't it, yeah. as well? It's, uh, yeah. And with every product that you, that you create, you actually sell it to the customer within another bag that you've created as yes. well, which is a really personal touch it's yeah. a, um... it was a way um so about probably a year and a half maybe even two years ago now I was looking to become more sustainable and that was one of the reasons I changed from using leather mm -hmm. um and also looked at my packaging right and wanted it to be as recyclable as possible um so before I would wrap each accessory in tissue paper but then found out that tissue paper isn't recyclable because it's made from recycled paper already yes Okay, I didn't realise that. So actually. like broken down, yeah, yeah, uh, recycled paper. So I thought, what could I put my bags in? So I thought if I made these simple, easy to make drawstring bags, mm -hmm. then that's a way of presenting the accessory, and that bag can just be reused rather than chucked. Yes, yes. So yes, so it's two bags in one basically. Yeah. <laughs> Although recently I've um, changed. It used to be every accessory came in one, but now it's every order comes with one because right. it was just silly. Oh, yeah, Sometimes like a woman recently bought um, eight glasses cases from me, and then I have to make eight, eight. of the drawstring oh, bags. And, yeah, yeah. Um, I had some coaching recently with a, a lovely um, woman called Elizabeth Styles. And she definitely thought it was too much to yes. be giving away yeah. one with every accessory. Yes, yes. So it's, it's being more efficient with your time as well. Yeah. And then it obviously took up a lot of fabric. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Have you got a favourite accessory product that you like to make? I think my glasses cases. Mm -hmm. They are so popular. Um, and I think that's because this is um, a double one that I did, but usually it's just a single glasses case. They're really lightweight mm -hmm. um, and slim to put in your bag. But then you have that like wonderful pop of colour and the pattern that I think really cheers people up. Yes. So I get great feedback about them. And they are a good price for gifts. So I get lots of 
feedback saying, oh, my, you know, mum loved the glasses case. And they're, they're simple for me to make. Okay. Yeah. yeah so absolutely. it's a nice, easy thing to make. Doesn't yeah. take too much time. Okay. Yeah. All right. So um, the listeners uh, can go to your website, which is, is it a baglessordinary.com? Com. Com. Yeah, that's so correct. Yeah. Very simple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you also sometimes shorten it to ABLO, which I is do, obviously, yeah. yes. So you you, you do the that acronym. just, just yeah. the acronym, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think because I love the name, but when I chose it, I was aware it was quite long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought, I think sometimes when I'm writing Instagram posts, I might say a bagless ordinary once. And then I feel like it's okay to say ABLO. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be there all day otherwise, right? <laughs> so as well as having your, your website, can people buy from your website or do they, it, it takes you to an Etsy site? Or... They can buy from my, my website, mm-hmm. yeah. So what influenced you to set up your business in the first place? Because that's, it's um, tough times, you know. Definitely. To... Um, well, I think, Firstly, I was on maternity leave and mm-hmm. my world kind of changed when I had my son. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it wasn't so much I decided I'm going to be this kind of parent. It just happened where he became the most important thing. Right. And I felt like anything I do has to work around him. Mm-hmm. And I did really enjoy my job working for a footwear brand, but I didn't see how I was going to be able to go back to that and manage looking after my son <laughs> to me it just didn't work with the way I wanted to do things yes yes I'd so enjoy that year just concentrating on him right it felt really refreshing to have that one focus yes yeah okay <laughs> and put my all into that yes so it wasn't a new idea for me to start a business but I felt I was ready to try okay so that I could have a job that worked around my life yes yeah yeah um and then I think from working in retail shops from 15 until I did that until I was in my mid-20s part-time, mm-hmm. I think I always had an interest in business from then. Right. I thought, okay, this is cool. I can see how it works. And then my first job out of uni was actually for a really small handbag brand. So I worked for them in their concession in Topshop. And then when I graduated, they gave me a job as a junior designer. Right. Ah. But because it was such a small business... I was only about five employees, maybe seven when I first joined. I got to see really how a business is run and had amazing experiences going to the factories in Bali mm-hmm. with um, the director, Carla. Oh, wow. And, you know, I got to sit there and negotiate with the, the men that own the factories and, and sort of develop the designs there. And it just gave me so much experience. And I remember when I went for the interview there, they said to me, what do you want to do when you're older? And I said, have my own business. Okay, so it's <laughs> been with you. <laughs> they were like, that's, you know, kind of thing we want to hear. Yes. And I, when I was younger as well um, and working part-time and studying, I would sell things on eBay. So I would, I've would i always loved vintage clothes and shopping in charity shops. And I would often sometimes find, like in Muswell Hill, say, some shoes that were £10, but they'd be designer. And then I would put them on eBay and then make a bit of money. Yes. I think yes. that was the start of seeing how you can make money online. Yes, yeah. I didn't carry that on. Now I just buy from charity shops for my own, just to wear and to to support charity shops. But um, I think when I was on my maternity leave, I felt like I was ready to try. I'd learned quite a lot from my last job working for the footwear brand as brand um, brand manager, helping the director run the business. Um, I didn't feel like I know everything now, but Mm -hmm. I felt like I had the confidence to learn more and and try and do it myself. So in in fact, having 
a child who's now who would then be one years old yeah. at home yeah. and running a business yeah that's quite challenging how did you sort of split your time did you end up having to work through the night when he was sleeping or d- um it's so hard to remember those really early days <laughs> if i'm honest it was all very it was it was just the start then so i didn't feel too much pressure to be making loads and loads of sales mm. it was just trying to establish myself right and get some things made Um, and start an Instagram account and stuff. So now I feel a lot of pressure that it has to be at a certain place and have to be earning a certain amount. But then it was it was okay. It was just trying to get it off the ground. But yeah, for sure, I think anyone who's got a kid and has a business, you work in the evenings (laughs) when they're asleep. Yeah, Yeah, yes. And it just becomes another, a different lifestyle. Yeah, definitely. But I... I really enjoy working for myself and, and being in charge of my own time. I think that's also why I wanted to do it, what influenced me to have my own business. Mm-hmm, Just mm-hmm. this feeling of, yes, I enjoyed working for others and, and gaining experience and having the um, company of your colleagues and having yes. laughs. And But actually, I always knew that it didn't quite feel right. I really wanted to work for myself. I think some people are more suited to working for themselves and some people really enjoy working for say a company they like that security yes yeah yes yes (laughs) another helicopter we must be on the helicopter flight path a helipad (laughs) in chelsea that's right sorry it's not ideal some days they don't go over though (laughs) they do today though (laughs) but that's all right um so quick round of questions i just want to ask you do you have a favorite fabric or color that you like to work with a favorite fabric Yes. Uh, probably the William Morris Strawberry Thief. That's your favourite Because I love the story of um, William Morris looking out of his window at his home, um, Kelmscott Manor, mm-hmm. which was in the countryside, and he could see the thrushes stealing his strawberries. And <laughs> he thought, <laughs> funny, and it was inspired to then create this um, print Strawberry Thief. And I think it's so lovely how inspired he was by nature. Yes. So I just think... I think his prints often do tell stories and they're so intricate, there's so much in it. Yeah. So I'm quite taken by that. Print. Yes, that's <laughs> a great, I didn't know that story. So. <laughs> what has been the most challenging element of designing your products? Is it sort of the design itself, finding the fabrics or translating the, sort of the vision into, into the reality? Or maybe all three, or maybe none of them? I don't know. I, I find so many other aspects of the business challenging. Okay. But possibly not the designing. It just happens and naturally for it you. It does. I think yeah. that's the easiest bit. And sometimes I wish I could just do that all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but obviously that's not a business. No, no, no. That's a hobby. <laughs> um, I, of course, I mean, there would have been challenges. Maybe sometimes sourcing the right... Because I have you have the fabric and then you have something called interfacing, which kind of firms it up yes. and then fusible fleece which just gives a bit of padding mm-hmm. it took a little while to find those but with research you can always find yeah it, it, sometimes yeah finding the right materials to make your vision come to life yes. can be a bit challenging yes yeah but generally that's the easy bit for me okay <laughs> well that's good yeah. as it's the biggest part as it well is, isn't it? yeah um so you clearly state on your instagram feeds that you're from mixed heritage yeah um and do you think this mix of uh, mix of cultural heritage has influenced your design style you sort of yeah. mentioned about your yeah. the different the mix the marry of the two fabrics the yes Ankara absolutely yeah I, it, so at first um i first did this when i was at london college of fashion and one of the projects i can't remember what the brief was but i found some like a ditzy floral fabric it wasn't liberty 
said it was a floral and I found some Ankara fabric at um, Shepherd's Bush Market mm-hmm. and I mixed the two and then had some vintage buttons in there as well and then I, I really loved the mix of the two. It wasn't so intentional at, at the time, but yeah. it really worked. And the tutor really liked it. And she said, I can see your style coming through. That's when I first did it and then went off into the working world <laughs> yes. and wasn't really creating my own things. And then came back to this idea when I started the Bagless Ordinary. And I think being mixed is a massive part of my identity. Mm-hmm. And it can be confusing when you're younger. But now I'm very proud and I, I love being mixed. And I think it's, I really want to show that in my work and show as well. Like, I really believe that the world is better when we're all mixed. So, you know, I love London because it's so culturally diverse. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I want to celebrate that with my work in, yes, in a yeah. small way. Yes. No, I think um, it's great. Yeah. So I think it's very intentional what I do now, mixing mm-hmm. the Liberty and the Ankara. And it is a way of me celebrating being mixed race. And through developing this style of yours, has it encouraged you or or maybe you've been to, to West Africa to see how they wear these fabrics in daily life? Well, I haven't been to West Africa, unfortunately, but I absolutely, my goal is to get to Ghana in the next three years. Okay. It's become really, it's always been important. I go, mm. um, I, I need to take myself and I want to take Felix. Yes. Um, so yeah, the goal is to go in the next three years. But I have seen West African women wearing outfits in, in Ankara fabric at um, African weddings here that I've been to. Yes, because I was going to say, because <laughs> that's, uh, that's the next thing. The nearest thing is yeah. that London has so many diverse communities. Exactly. There is quite a big, yeah. well, very big West African community, community. Yes, in, in absolutely. London. And um, I have been lucky to go to you know some of their big weddings, which are amazing feast of the eyes and yeah the women just look so beautiful in the outfits yeah yeah yes and is there a place that you can buy the fabrics from them directly yeah there's lots of different places um recently i've been going to shepherd's bush market mm-hmm. because it's quite near and they sell them there and you can buy them in dalston in quite a few places yeah, yeah. and you know what you're looking for yeah i'm quite specific i don't like I, it really has to, often when you go into say a little shop or um, a market store, they're quite pushy and like sh- showing you lots of different ones. But really I kind of want to be left alone because it will stand out to me like yes. the print and I'll know that the colours work. And, yes. Yeah. 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 So. And is there, is there very much a difference be- between the fabrics, but like old and, and new or modern fabrics that you are drawn towards or is it the colours that you're drawn towards? I think it's, it's. M- it's the colours and just how the print looks, really. Mm-hmm. There's, I, it's really hard to describe what it is that I'm drawn to, but there is something. Because some of them look a bit more um, batiki and kind of maybe more the style you'd find in Indonesia. And I'm not quite so into those ones. I prefer yeah. the more slightly bold graphic look. Yes, yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, we talked a little bit about Ghana and I, I, one of my questions was, did you have a, have a desire to visit your father's cultural yeah. roots? So clearly you do and take... Absolutely. Take, I think it's really important. Yes. I yeah. want to find out so much more. Unfortunately, my dad's um, dad, so my Ghanaian grandfather um, died when my dad was quite young. Mm. So it's not like I've you know, been able to meet him. Right. So I want to go and mm-hmm. see if there is any family there that I can connect with yes. and just experience Ghanaian culture and traditions and I'm always told by Ghanaian people that I meet in London how mm. amazing it is and how beautiful it is. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I've only heard 
good things about Ghana. So you haven't been? I haven't been either. I have a friend who went, she was Australian, came to London for like a week and then went to work in Ghana and I had an opportunity to go and visit her and unfortunately something came up so I couldn't go and it's such such, you know I regret that day because she went all over and I just and so I've never had that sort of opportunity again but I will go one day definitely (laughs) you will probably see you on the plane in three years (laughs) (laughs) so your young son Felix is he finding his own sort of creative streak or is he yeah I think he has he is very um has intense phases though Mm. so um during lockdown he only wanted to create things draw things make things out of paper which was brilliant yeah (laughs) yeah we were doing a lot of crafting (laughs) but now it's changed and he's into transformers and he won't he doesn't want to draw anything so it's I kind of follow his lead really Mm. I don't want to push him into being a set someone or something a creative person because I feel I am yes but I will always expose him like I love to play music at home and like sometimes for us to dance and be free in that way because I had that growing up right and I think that really influenced me in a positive way Mm -hmm. being surrounded by music yes so and I want to encourage him of course to draw and express himself through art because I think it's really helpful so I will open up those opportunities for him and I was thinking I'd love him to get involved in kind of drama class or a music class but I don't want to be pushy and he's quite strong-minded and I can see that when he's into something that's it he's not you know I've got to you just go it. with that yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes through the lockdown you took him out to a lot of outside spaces yeah. including here the yes. Brompton Cemetery which is for for scooting around it's huge isn't it you it get, is. get lost in the space but, um, occasionally he would say oh, mum I don't want to go to the cemetery <laughs> I say why it's beautiful <laughs> but yeah sometimes he does really like it here mm-hmm. it's really important that because we live in London I take him to really nice green spaces mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he experiences the beauty of nature yes yeah. which I think can help with creativity as well definitely and I suppose especially living in a, a big city like London and there are a lot of what I call oxygen lungs you know all over the city yeah. from parks to, to cemeteries definitely. and on a lovely sunny day like today yeah. they are beautiful places to be and so much to explore really yes. as well isn't there yeah and I think we're so lucky in London to have these peaceful places because mm-hmm. some cities don't have them do they no, no or they as don't. much of them <laughs> yeah yeah exactly the more people packed into a small place yeah. rather than that they are literally everywhere in london yeah absolutely so easy to find just as well when we've got another lockdown coming up i, know. <laughs> I just hope the sun shines like this i know it makes this everything better month, doesn't it for sure unnecessary for our mental health i think too to get out as much as possible yeah I'm not good at staying in all day. I no. have to get out every day. <laughs> yeah, I imagine if you've got your son during yeah. the... Well, he's at school now, yeah. but working during the day, yeah. you need to get out. and Definitely. Have some fresh air and stretch your legs. It's yeah. important. In fact, for your creativity, do you find that your creativity or your design streak expands from walking and being out in nature or or do you are you at home or reading or how how does it come yeah, to you yeah i think well i think walking's really important for my creativity i think it's often when ideas come because mm-hmm. i think it's allowing yourself that space maybe step away from what you've been doing <laughs> you yes. get a bit tunnel vision you know when you work for yourself and you're doing something all the time so I think walking is really important for allowing new ideas to come mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you have a bicycle too I do <laughs> yeah but I don't use it enough because where I live it has to be um, stored in a, a kind of shed that's quite far away from my flat oh. and it's really really hard to get it out oh, it's yeah. a really beautiful bike I love it yeah it's, and also, it's when you can cycle too in London because it can be pretty dangerous too. 
Definitely, and I'm not confident enough, and I think that's a real problem. I think you've got to be quite confident to sort of deal with this, the London roads. Yes, yes. Uh, when that Felix gets faster on his little scooter, you're yeah. going to need a bicycle to keep up, are you? Well, Felix can ride a bike now, and can his dad he? takes him out, um, which then I'm at home very worried. <laughs> <laughs> but it's brilliant for him that yes. he started cycling now. Yes. And Felix's dad is of what cultural so, origins? So uh, Nigerian, okay, and English and Venezuelan. So you're a very multicultural family in a way. <laughs> yes, definitely. And um, Giuseppe Felix's dad loves to go back to Nigeria, mm-hmm. where his dad is. Right. Um, and last time he visited Ghana. And so hopefully we can all go together. Yes, yeah. yeah. And Venezuelan roots, has he been to Venezuela? He hasn't, to, no. It's difficult times there, though. Yeah. So. Does he speak Spanish? No. Because no? his mum was actually brought up in Trinidad. That was okay. just like part of her heritage. But um, yeah, she was more linked with Trinidad. Yes. So Felix, when he's older, has a lot of places to go and explore, find the roots of, of his culture. Yeah, absolutely. Which is even more culturally diverse than yours. I know. <laughs> so I know. The, the, and then it's crazy to think then if he ends up having children, what mix that he could yeah, be. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, that's why that being in London as well, it's it's so much more, I would say, accepting of many cultures all living together. But have you found, I mean, with Black Lives Matter movement and how it just suddenly emerged, particularly during the first lockdown yeah. period, did that have an impact on you in a positive way or negative way? Or Yeah, I mean, I'm just so pleased that it's something that's being spoken about more because mm-hmm. it, it, it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously having Felix, I, uh, my son being a, a black boy, I worry so much about his future and how much harder it may be for him. Yes. So I just think all the discussions that are being had around Black Lives Matter are so important. Mm -hmm. And I think now it's just about keeping them going. Yes. And not letting it just be something that it's a a movement that needs to always, always be here. Until things really change. Yeah, yes, yeah. A lot of work to be done. There definitely is, yes. And at a time when there's so many other things in the pot bubbling away like Brexit and yeah. coronavirus. It's the US elections. The US elections, <laughs> yes. So coming back to London, yeah. I mean, you're, you're living in this, in this area yeah. um, at the moment. But if you could live anywhere in London, where would you love to live? I love this question because it's something I think about all the time. I'm absolutely <laughs> obsessed with where I could live, where I want to live. Um, I love London, but I am actually a bit tired of all the noise and pollution. Um, so that's something that's happened in the last five years. So I constantly think about being somewhere quieter. Yes. And um, Fulham's fine. It's not the busiest place to live in London. But where I am, I'm in Fulham Broadway. It's when I come it's out of busy. my estate, it's really busy. Yeah. Really noisy. It's always sirens and people going here, there, everywhere. Um, I really like South East London. I've got mm-hmm. a thing for it. And I like Sydenham and Crystal Palace. I think that area is really nice. I like that it's hilly. Yes. And um, it feels quite green. Mm -hmm. And just that bit sort of further out, but then you're still in London. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think it's got a good community feel. It's really diverse. I really like it. Okay. (laughs) So that's where you're aiming towards at the moment. Yeah, or possibly outside of London. And if you went further afield, where do you have places that you've been to that you could see yourself living or are you still exploring that? I'm still exploring that idea, but I possibly would move to Devon because my auntie's there and I recently lost my mum. Mm-hmm. So it's my mum's sister and she's always lived in Devon. So I've right. spent summers there since I was ah, tiny. Okay. And 
my mum considered us moving to Devon, but just felt like it, she just couldn't because it's just not diverse at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, especially wasn't men. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that Felix could have better quality of life in somewhere more rural. My auntie lives in Exeter, just on the okay, outskirts. So, so I think I would have to live in Exeter because I don't try. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so yeah. I would need to, you know, I With can't be somewhere really rural. No, yeah. no, no. You need to have somewhere that you can get around easily, yes. Yeah. But I'm trying to work it out. It's yes. difficult for me. I've got a housing association flat, so the only way for me at the moment would be to have a, do a mutual exchange. Okay. So find someone else with a council flat or a housing association flat that wants to swap with me. Right. Yeah. Okay. So it's not as easy as like, I just want to move here. Yeah, so, <laughs> so you just have to, if something came up, then it's something that you might consider it in the future. Then, oh, definitely. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes. I think so. Yeah. I, I, w- I want to be somewhere where it's more peaceful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So coming back to this lockdown, the first one, <laughs> did you find it? challenging what was the what was the hardest thing for running a business at home it was really challenging because even when Felix is in school I still don't have I would say quite enough time to run a business mm-hmm. um, at the time he was just finishing nursery so he was still in nursery but then the school closed so I had him at home full time yeah which was it was lovely being with him it always is but it's very hard to then run a business and make all my bags yeah and it's horrible when they maybe the tv might be on in the morning and i'm making and i just feel guilty and i don't like the tv to be on for too long Mm. but you know sometimes i've got to get something done and that's a horrible feeling yeah so that was the most challenging thing just not having the time anymore to work but still needing to make money yes (laughs) and before the lockdown started did you have a stock of things already there to sell that you you weren't running to catch up all the time I did have some but it tends to be that my best sellers need to be made I don't have stock of so and so how long does it take you to make for example your glasses cases there to make one probably I could do one I mean I tried to do them sort of at least a couple at a time but if it's to make just one probably 20 minutes okay oh very quick then yeah I have to do I have to be quick something I've had to learn because uh, otherwise it's not profitable. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. Let's let this next helicopter go over. <laughs> so now we're about to enter a second, a second lockdown. And are there, are there things that you would do differently? with this one I'm coming sure up sure there's that much I can do differently <laughs> no well it will be different because Felix is going to remain in school as long as they allow schools to stay open yeah so that is very different and I think it will help my mental health too because I will have some time alone I do like some quiet time <laughs> yes yeah it's very important to yeah. have your own time and maybe I didn't exercise I didn't feel like I didn't have any time to exercise the first time first yes. lockdown might see if I can squeeze in a run every now and again. Okay, yeah, yes. But in terms of the business, because it's also the run up to Christmas, so do orders come in? Is the fact that suddenly you get a rush of orders to do and um, how do you manage that? Or is it because there is a lockdown, you are going to be at home? Mm. Does it mean for you less distractions, so therefore you'll get more done? In some ways, yes, but I think anyway, um, during the Christmas period, I just have to reduce socialising or doing anything other than working and looking after Felix. Yes. I mean, yes. we will still, like the weekend, I'll still take him out, of course. Yes. He has to have fun. Yeah. But, um, yeah, as soon as he goes to bed, I will work really hard because I have to. It will be, It will, Christmas is always a stressful time. I probably really need a second pair of hands, but at the moment it's just me. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it will just be really, really busy. And um, 
I'll just have to be very focused. And in, in some ways, yes, it does help that it's locked down because there won't be any sort of outside distractions. <laughs> <laughs> so with this lead up to Christmas, you're on Etsy, obviously. Yep. Are, they do, are, are you doing other things or collaborating with other small businesses? Because there seems to be quite a lot of that going on this yeah. year to try and support small businesses who will suffer severely if yeah. everybody just goes to Amazon. And yes. how, do you, how do you get your name out there? And, I know. Well, I'm just keeping my posting on Instagram very consistent and actually upping it at the moment I think it's such a great free marketing tool Mm -hmm. and a way to get yourself out there and I uh, was part of a Christmas guide that a a lovely lady Sarah who runs Pip and Lil original and she makes reusable face wipes Mm -hmm. and she collated over a hundred makers and made this amazing gift guide which I'm part of okay and that's been sent out to lots of people so um, that's great and this week I'm taking part in a Instagram challenge called Meet the Maker mm-hmm. where every day you talk about a different part of your, your business and hopefully that will um, get out there a little bit. Yes, so yeah, yeah. I, the only thing I haven't done which possibly could have been a good idea is there are online markets now. Mm-hmm. Of like online markets happening on Instagram, but I haven't done. I haven't tried one of those. Yes, it's juggling too many things. And yeah, then, yeah, I do. Just... I, yeah, I am limited for time, so a lot of my energy just goes into promoting myself on Instagram. Okay, and we'll put in the show notes, obviously, all the links to Instagram, the the markets okay. uh, feed, so so the listeners can have a look at your products because they are beautiful. Thank and you. And I can see some Christmas presents coming <laughs> myself from your shop. So I think. One other question for you, because I realise I don't want to take up all your time. This is a precious time, isn't it? While Felix is at school to get it out. It is, and... but I'm happy to be here. In the sunshine as it's well. It's lovely. <laughs> what would be one piece of advice that you would give someone setting up a business from home in London? Or maybe not London, anywhere in the world? Well, if it was London, I would say make sure that you do get out for at least like a weekly walk. Yes. Because, yes, you're going to have lots to do. And often I think, oh, I'm stressed. I've got so much to do. I don't have time for, say, a walk. But it can be so important. Like, we live in such a beautiful city. And I think to be able to just go out, see a bit of it, and then just have that chance to either be really quiet with your mind or maybe it's a time when new ideas will come up. Mm -hmm. Um, And starting a business at home, advice. I think the first piece of advice would be to create, like, a kind of zone, um, so a little workspace Mm -hmm. that is just for your work and nothing else. Right. So that... It's really hard, isn't it, working from home to have separation from, yes. from work like uh, work and then just home life. Mm-hmm. But I really, I made my workspace a happy place mm-hmm. that looks quite pretty, that fits into the living room, but is also kind of separate. Okay, and so, you know that when you go there, it's because you're working and when you're, otherwise you're not there. Definitely. Yes, that's a very good piece of advice because yeah. I, I think a lot of people in lockdown as well have had challenges like that yeah. too, between having to work from home and having it as home life and yes. two kids around and, and people are working on kitchen tables. And, yeah, and, and then it kind of all gets merged, yeah, doesn't it? Yes, and then, yes. Then I mean, got... it, everyone has a different situation and it might not be possible like to kind of find that space especially if you've got a big family mm. but I mean I do have a really small flat and my living room's not big and I've managed it yeah <laughs> so I've done things like 
you know, been clever with um, shelving and stuff and got things up high and mm-hmm. just kind of be a bit creative with how you can make it work within even a small space. Yes, yes. In fact, I should take your advice because <laughs> I have a, a desk that's covered with so much stuff I can't actually work from it, so I end up having to work in the kitchen, which is not really the, the focus. No, I so. understand. I'm not always super tidy, but what I do do is every now and again I say, right, it needs a good tidy. And yeah. it feels so good. <laughs> okay, I'm got you inspired me. I'm gonna go home and sort sort my workspace out now. <laughs> Do it. You'll feel better. <laughs> I'm sure I will. <laughs> um Nadia, is there, it's been so nice talking to you today, but is there, I've asked you lots of questions, but is there anything that you would you'd like to add or that you you wanted me to ask you that I haven't asked you? No, oh, I think I've covered quite a lot. So no, I don't think so. Yeah. And and any final plug for a bag less ordinary at all that you'd like to add well just that listening. i think at the moment when things are a little bit dark and difficult bag less ordinary accessories are great gifts to bring people some joy um like a lady said recently who bought my glasses case that whenever she gets it out it makes her smile which is really nice so i think they're they're really good gifts for mm-hmm. this um Christmas time. <laughs> yeah, no, they're lovely and colourful, aren't they? And also yeah. very conscious of the products you're using as well, that, yeah. that you've gone to vegan leather as well. And we've got a, a black cat with white, <laughs> hello, beautiful. white feet coming to say hello to join us for, uh, just as we close Maybe the podcast. Maybe he wants a question. <laughs> yes, he's come to check out your coffee. So ethical as far yeah. as you can be. Do you actually deliver abroad as well? I do, yeah, worldwide. Okay. Where's yeah. the furthest that you've delivered? Um, possibly Australia. Lots of people order from Australia. Really? The purses and glasses cases. Oh, wow. Yeah. And okay. bag straps. I make bag straps as well. Yes. I always find that amazing that they're willing to pay the shipping costs. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fantastic. Yeah. Good. So you're a worldwide business. I, yes, absolutely. And that is something I would say is brilliant about Etsy. If anyone's thinking of starting a handmade business, I think Etsy is fantastic for finding customers all over. Mm-hmm. So they or for them to find you from all over yes yeah. yes so i get a lot of orders from the us yeah. france um, germany it's okay. brilliant fantastic well nadia it's just been so lovely to talk to you and catch up because it's been such a long I time know, it has. <laughs> so lovely to talk to you too emma and i wish you best of luck for christmas and for this next lockdown and we'll see you the other side and uh, meantime i shall be getting on the website and doing some christmas shopping on your site oh lovely thank all you right. so much so to all you podcast listeners out there please check out nadu's website abaglessordinary.com we'll put in the show notes her instagram feed and anything else she thinks of that i can add in hope it's been inspiring for you hope you're enjoying the sunshine today if it's shining with you and until next time take care and thanks for listening